0: Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, we meet Lucia Starza, an English author and witch. We discuss witchy holidays, growing up metaphysical, and how to connect during these trying times. We also talk about her new book, Pagan Portals, Scrying, Divination Using Crystals, Mirrors, Water, and Fire, which is going to be released on March 1st. Now let's get to the stories. Hello, Lucio. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Would you please introduce yourself and let people know who you are and what you do and where they can find you?
1: Uh, right. Yes, certainly. I'm Lucia Stazer and uh, I live in London. I'm a witch. I write a blog called A Bad Witch's Blog, um, although I don't mean I'm a wicked witch. Um, <laughs> and you, <laughs> you can find that at www.badwitch.co.uk. But I'm also the author of a few pagan books published by Moon Books. Uh, They're on candle magic, poppets and magical dolls, guided visualizations, and I've got one on scrying, which is due to be published in February. I actually got to read that and
0: I don't really do divination. I just, it doesn't come to me very well. I don't feel like I'm good at it, so I don't like to do at it. I'd rather I'd rather let other people who are good at it do for me do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I found a lot of things in your book that I was excited to try out. So that's I'm
1: excited to talk about it. Oh great. Yeah. Um well I mean in 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 a way, I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is because for me it it did take a lot of effort to get good at scrying. I, I took naturally to tarot reading and um um I I, mean, I, I, tarot, I read tarot cards for a long while but um scrying was always something that I I loved doing but I struggled to do. So I did a lot of trying out different methods, reading a few different books on the subject um and got better at it. So I felt that I could write a book to help other people who were perhaps um in the same situation. I will be recommending that once it's fully released to everyone else. <laughs> well, thank you. The various
0: groups I wander around in. What does it mean to you when you call yourself a
1: witch? Um, well, um, I mean, I am initiated as a gardener in Wiccan, so I'm, I'm kind of initiated as a witch in that sense. I think the word witch means a lot of different things to different people. Um. And I mean, certainly in in like, um, when I was a child, even like in the 1960s, you know, if you called someone a witch, you kind of meant they were a bit of a mean person. Um, But I mean, I think I use it probably more now in the very eclectic sense of like modern pagan witchcraft. So um, it means that I do a variety of different things like um, spellcasting and um, and divination. and those kind of practices, as well as as well as being a a, a Wiccan, um, so yes, I I use it in a very eclectic sense.
0: Do you have daily rituals, and if so, would you share some with us?
1: I'd actually say that writing my blog is probably my daily practice. Uh, the reason why I started it, uh, I I was kind of elapsed witch um I had been in a coven quite a few years earlier but the coven dissipated a bit you know people went their separate ways and I hadn't been doing much pagan stuff or much witchy stuff and I wanted something that really uh, prompted me to to do more to to read more books to go to more witchy places to do more things and so I started writing a blog because I thought well you know I'm I, that will that I've got to do things in order to write things, so um I think that is probably my daily practice, but there are also other things that I do do on a regular basis um uh lighting candles for people I'm often getting requests for people to light uh, for me to light candles for them to wish them well or for other things um and also um although not on a daily basis, there are a number of different um candle burning ceremonies that I do perhaps at the full moon uh one of them is is I I um is peace fires which is like a global movement where um at the full moon people will light a candle or some other kind of fire and uh wish there to be peace throughout the world uh, and a few other things like that is there a
0: website for that or a group yeah I, com, I think That's interesting. That's a good idea. Mm. And hearing you talk about being in a coven makes me curious. I feel like mm, this is pure conjecture on my part, but I feel like being in a coven is something that most of the people I talk to here in the U.S. are solitary practitioners, but I hear way more people
1: in the U.K. and Europe talking about covens? Mm. Well, I think that, well, at the moment I'm solitary. Um, I think that at one time, certainly um, sort of back in the sort of 1980s, um, even the 1990s, that the internet wasn't such a big thing. There weren't so many different um, sort of generic places that you could learn about witchcraft. There weren't so many books out there. And although there were plenty of solitary practitioners. You you really did get the best training in a coven. Um, and that tended to be Wiccan covens, not always. Um, um, there were plenty of others that were not Wiccan. Um, so I th- I think that it was really the era in which I I, I got into that kind of of paganism. Um, and and the practic the training within that the coven that i i was in was was extremely good um it was sort of once a week training evenings that you were really expected to turn up to and the training was in a variety of different things and then um following initiation um there were far more rituals and things like that that um, um, were for initiates only so yeah it was extremely good practice but um i also value being solitary does allow me to do my own things I, I do find that nowadays I'm I far more do I don't do things quite so rigidly or routinely as when everyone got together at a certain you know at the full moon or for a festival and did a set ritual uh, I'm I'm far more eclectic now so I, I think there's swings and roundabouts can you imagine
0: a, a group ritual where everybody was doing their own thing
1: no. <laughs> yeah that would be a bit weird
0: <laughs> do you have any family history with witchcraft
1: well um my family were pretty witchy but um they wouldn't have used the word witch I mean uh, back in the sort of 1960s when I was a child um as I said it was you didn't really use the word witch unless you being nasty about someone uh my my grandma was an astrologer and a theosophist um uh, my grandma yeah uh, she she worked for alan leah who's quite a famous astrologer and theosophist um like about 100 years ago or so um and she worked as his secretary and um there was a my whole family were kind of into Esoteric things. My, my dad, it's on the other side of the family, he um, was quite skilled at dowsing and palmistry, and he used to run the palmistry stall at the school, fate, uh, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I did come from a slightly weird background. Do you douse? I'm so interested in dowsing. I'm not as good as my dad. I've I've still got all his. I've inherited all his dowsing equipment, and I, I, I do do it sometimes. Um, I'm not too bad with a pendulum, particularly. Uh, um, I've, I've always found that using uh, like a quartz crystal pendulum is the thing that works best for me. Uh, um, my dad used to go all over the place. I mean, he well, as a child we were constantly being taken to sacred sites to dows for ley lines and and things oh, yeah. like that. <laughs>
0: That didn't even occur to me to douse for ley lines. Oh, my gosh. I, wanted, I just <laughs> want to learn water witching. I just want to learn that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have used dowsing. I mean, when, I found, when I've lost a thing, I sometimes douse for it. But I'm not as good as my dad was. My dad is very good at it.
0: That's so interesting. <laughs> Do you have any stories that you'll share of, like, the, something particularly memorable that happened or that you experienced?
1: Um, hmm. as a child, do you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do remember going to Stonehenge before when you could just still go right up to the stones, um, which you know was was just lovely. You know, you could just go up there, and there was no one controlling where you went or where you walked. Um, which you can st- they still allow that at, um, like at the solstices, they allow open access. Oh, but 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 what? No, uh, no, 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 no! It's only really at the solstices, and uh, other than that, you you have to pay to go in, and you can't get very close. You can pay for um, time in the stones. Certain like druid groups will pay to be allowed to do a ritual in the stones. But no, I mean, when I went there when, when I was a kid, I remember you, know, you just parked up at the road and you wandered up, and and there weren't even that many people there as far as I can remember when I was a kid. It was, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was very different from from now that sounds amazing yeah yeah Did I mean there are still
0: different?
1: yeah yes I'd say so um I'd say so but I mean there are plenty of stone circles in England that you, you can just wander up to still I mean like Avebury uh, Stanton Drew um some of the stone circles in the Orkneys and there are lots of like smaller stone circles in Cornwall and other parts of the West country and in the North um, that you can still just wander up to. Uh, So I think if people want that kind of experience, they they they're better off going somewhere that isn't Stonehenge.
0: Now, I wonder if there's anything like that here. I'm sure there is. I mean, I know I live near Sedona, so I could go to Sedona to experience Mm. some stuff, but man. what would you say is your biggest motivator in witchcraft
1: ooh um well i'd say probably it's the need to write a blog post every day i <laughs> wait for that <laughs> i mean like for example it's like um you know like um tomorrow my husband and i are going to go out and wash our apple tree now we we have done that before um Uh, um, in the past we've kind of had parties around where we wassail the apple tree it's just going to be him and me because we're still being a little bit like um don't want a huge party around (laughs) yeah and you really don't want to be handing around a bowl of beer that you're going to share in this day and age but I mean the fact that it's like okay well this time what I'm going to do is I'm going to try a very traditional recipe of um lamb's wool which is like a mixture of mulled ale with baked apples which I've not tried before Mm. um and it's like well that's something to blog about so like yeah having the blog does spur me on to do slightly different things I relate to
0: that because when I was fooling around with a YouTube channel that's what I. That's why I mm. did anything. I was like, "What could I do for content this week?"
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what
0: do you most desire out of your Ooh. practice? Oh gosh.
1: Um. Well, <sighs> that is actually a difficult question, and and, and I think that. It, I know in the early days when you know, people always sort of said, "Oh, it's for personal development." Oh, yes, it's for personal development. Um, and nowadays, I think it's just more a method of inquiry. It's a method of trying to understand the universe, trying to understand the world around, and engage with the. I mean, you can see the world in just a totally realist way. You know, it's just material. It's just like. You know, science explains everything, but I think when you engage with it in a magical way, it you experience it in in a way that's kind of more intense that you you experience it at a deeper level. And to me, I think it's that it's like going to somewhere in nature or even going to an urban place and trying to sense the. The kind of the numinous about that place. Um, Trying to sense the unseen energies that are there. And I think that, f- for me, is perhaps the biggest motivator.
0: Numinous is such a great word.
1: Mm. Unlike just liminal. just want which, to be happy. <laughs> yeah, unlike <laughs> liminal, which I also love as a word, but it gets overused. Yeah. What brings you the most joy in your practice? Um... I think it's observing the changing seasons um I think that you know seeing being more aware of the changes seeing the leaves grow on the trees and the blossom in springtime and you know the 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 greenery of summer and the golds and reds of the leaves in autumn uh, and the crisp frosty mornings in winter I think it's it's the changing seasons for me it Witchcraft, certainly as a Wiccan, it, it's so much about celebrating the the wheel of the year. And for me, actually getting out in nature and observing that and, and feeling part of that and, and celebrating that rather than just staying indoors and doing a ritual from a book in a living room.
0: So that brings me to this question. How, okay, so I live in the desert. Mm. there's no there are very very Mm. maybe one crisp morning in Mm. the year (laughs) how has how do you feel like environment has shaped your practice do you feel like you would be Wiccan if you lived where I live
1: probably not Uh, I think um like Gardnerian Wicca is very much a religion that grew out of the English climate the English seasons And yes, you can use aspects of that wherever you are, but it's going to be different. And I I think that I would probably not have been attracted to Wicca. I would have been attracted to some practice that was really integral to the magic of that place, um, to the magic of of the desert. I mean, I would imagine that would be amazing. Um, And it really isn't something I. I have been to a desert. I've been to um, Egypt. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think for me, perhaps if I was in a desert place, I would be looking into the magic of the desert in, in an Egyptian sense, perhaps.
0: I've only been here two years. I'm from Appalachia.
1: <laughs> ah. So
0: I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> mm. And so I'm bringing my Appalachian practices here and having to see how I have to modify things and what sort of things decide that they it's, it's celebratory
1: mm. like times. Mm. I mean, I don't think you can ditch your, what you've done so far. It's, 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 it's always things change, but I mean, yes, I mean, as my training in Wicca, whatever I do, even though I, I, you know, I'm very interested in, in many other different practices it's always going to be there at the back of my mind. And to some extent, the fact that I was actually um, uh, baptized as a, as, a, as, a, as a Catholic. And so like there are certain Catholic things like um, lighting candles to, to Mary that are, still resonate with me. I still see Mary as an aspect of the divine feminine. So I think that whatever's happened in, in your past, it's all part of the spiritual path that you're on.
0: I am a folk practitioner, and I do still bring that with me. But things like fall Mm. doesn't really happen here. So uh, while I am like, hey, yay, it's Samhain or Halloween or whatever, it's nice, but it's still hot here. What I celebrate Mm. now is monsoon when we finally have rain and it's finally there's water Mm. and green. So or in winter, like now. We're actually after able to grow things. This is the growing season for us. <laughs> mm. I won't call it spring like, but <laughs> mm. and I do really like heat, so summer's
1: mm.
0: not always a good time, but sometimes.
1: Yeah. I know I I yeah, I know where you're coming from. I like heat as well.
0: <laughs> what would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft?
1: Right. Um, Yeah. I think it's actually quite a difficult one. Um, There are some practices that I'm not very good at doing. Um, I mean, for example, out-of-body experiences. It takes a lot of effort for me. I've I've had out-of-body experiences, but I... There's, you know, so oh, you know, it's really easy, and you know, you read lots of different techniques and practice, and and it's like some people can have out of body experiences, you know, just by wanting to. But for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm a Taurian. I'm a very embodied person. I'm kind of earthy, um, and so I suppose anything. I'm, I'm, I find things that are m- more, yeah, that are more. Material aspects of witchcraft, like you know, as I said, the, the seasons, that the the world around me, rather than the more, um, you know, sort of ethereal aspects. So yes, I do struggle with that. Um, and yeah, I think everyone has things that they find easier than others.
0: Do you ever feel like you have imposter syndrome?
1: Um. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, particularly in my writing. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know on an intellectual level, you know, I, I'm a published author. My books sell well. I, I've I've worked in publishing all my career, but I still I read things that other people have written. I think, oh my goodness, that's so good. I could never write anything as good as that. Um, so yes, absolutely, certainly in um, in in my writing, I do. In witchcraft, I even then, yeah. I mean, I think I teach witchcraft classes, but I'm still learning. I'm people who come to my classes will teach me things that I didn't know or make me think about things. Um, there are new, there are always new um trends in witchcraft, um, mm-hmm. or in magic, and someone will say, Oh, do you know about this? and it's like, Actually, no, um, and There's always that little tiny moment when you think, I should know about that. And then you think, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to know everything.
0: I experience that every time I do an interview because somebody asks, (laughs) hey, do you know who such and such is? Or do you understand? Do you, have you heard of this? And constantly it's always no. (laughs) So uh, I don't know that it's imposter syndrome, but I know I don't know stuff.
1: Mm, I'm not yeah. saying I don't
0: have a, uh, nobody kill come for me. I I have imposter syndrome. Just I understand that I don't know things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that. But there's always that moment of, you know, there's oh, I'm an imposter. I'm standing here and I yep. don't know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone should know that. Why don't I know that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What kind of witchy stuff do you geek out about?
1: Ah, oh, right. What do I get excited about? Um. Well, I. Really, I suppose, any of the topics of my books. Um, uh, so, yes, candle magic, poppets, um, scrying, guided visualizations. And I often find with with, well, certainly candle magic, most people do kind of understand that. But certainly with poppets, I'm constantly having to explain really what poppets are and guide your visualizations. Again, people say, you know, once I've explained it, people say, oh, I know. Yes, I do that. It's a bit like pathworkings, It's that and the other. And with scrying, again, it's like I do have to explain that. But I'm really happy to explain, to talk about it. Can you talk
0: about puppets and scrying? I'm both interested in both of those.
1: Mm, okay. Well, um, I think poppets. It's it's um, a, a really it's a really old form of magic. I mean, effigy magic is is really one of the oldest forms of magic there is. Um, you you the apparently the oldest one of the well one of the oldest spells recorded. Um is actually an effigy spell. It's a cure for dog bite, and it comes from ancient Mesopotamia, written down on a tablet in cuneiform or something like that. And um, if you were bitten by a dog in ancient Mesopotamia, what you did was you got a bit of clay and you rubbed it on the wound and you modelled it into a dog, um, perhaps the dog that bit you, and you left it out in the sun to dry. The idea being that as it Dried up, so the wound would heal, and if you look through history um, if, usually clay in the earliest senses of modeled into the um uh, an image of the thing that was important uh, as a kind of a focus it is is just done all the time um and you can see it come all the way through history um the, the ancient Greeks did it. They would make a little dolls called kolosoi, um, that were little magical dolls, often for curses. Then, um, uh, and the reason why it's called puppets um, in English magic, it's quite an old word from Middle English, and it comes from the same root as the word puppet. And it could mean like a small magical doll, or it could mean a child's toy. And um that's why I, I use the word pop it for effigy magic where you make um an a doll that represents someone and then it works by sympathetic magic. Um so um it's easy to visualize. For example, a healing spell, it doesn't have to be a curse. A lot of people think it's gonna be a curse sticking pins into it, but it can be <laughs> healing magic. And you know, you focus on the doll, and the idea is that by sort of sympathetic magic what happens to the doll will happen to the person so yeah there's me there's me um withering on about um about poppets <laughs> that is so interesting <laughs> thank you I love the thing about the dog bite oh my gosh that is so mm. interesting and yeah. that's in your that's in your puppet book um, I think I mentioned that in my public book. I probably do, and it's something I talk about in my workshops. I mean, I actually learnt about that from um, oh, a, a historian. I think it was Malcolm Gaskill's book about the history of magic. That's where I learnt about that. I mean, I'm you know, I would love to be able to read cuneiform tablets, but sadly, I can't. <laughs>
0: So you mentioned your husband was going to be involved in your apple tree. Uh Was mm. Okay.
1: Uh does he practice? He's not he doesn't he's not a witch, he's not a pagan. He's um uh but yes, we do do things together. He's he's really we we ha- we, we had a hand fasting when we were, when we were married Aww. at um uh, um um a modern stone circle in london um he's very he he's very happy to come along with me to things he's he very happy to you know take part in things like that he sometimes comes along to open rituals with me we um often go to talks and workshops together but he doesn't actually identify as a pagan he's kind of agnostic um it's more he's interested but he's not a believer
0: That sounds similar to my husband. (laughs)
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) Can you tell me your best and or worst witchcraft experience and how it affects and explain how it affects your practice now?
1: Well... I'd say that some of my best and worst experiences of witchcraft have kind of been in large groups. Now, um, when large groups work together, it it can be absolutely amazing. I mean, the combined energy of everyone working together with one purpose can be really, really powerful. However, when those groups start to bicker or um, uh, don't work so well together, um, then... It can be, you know, I've been to some big witchcraft um, events that have really broken down because of people very much being at cross-purposes. Um, and it's the same on social media. I mean, you know, it can be absolutely wonderful to be part of an online community. And it can be really helpful. People answer questions. And But on the other hand, you can then have some massive row about something and it can be really awful. So, I think that it's it's yeah it's it's large groups. Best and worst is large groups.
0: <laughs> how does it how does it make you change what you do now,
1: mm, or has, has yeah.
0: it changed anything that you do?
1: Uh yeah. I i I think it is one of the reasons why I am solitary. I've been in groups that have been absolutely amazing. Um, um I've been in groups that have just drifted apart because people have moved away. But there was one in and I'm not going to go into the details because it's, you know, it's private, but there was one group I was part of that really self destructed in a in an unpleasant way with people saying all sorts of horrible things about each other. And um if you're solitary you 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 don't you don't get that. Yeah. And yeah. I've experienced that too
0: yeah it wasn't witchcraft but yeah I've, I've experienced that mm. now you mentioned social media do you feel like social media has any
1: effect on your practice well um I write a blog and I have done for about 15 <laughs> years so yeah <laughs> but I mean you know um things have changed so much over that time um I mean uh I mean nowadays in, back in the early days just writing a blog was enough but nowadays you really do have to be um present on so many different platforms and um you know um i have to say i I've, I've kind of tiktok scares me those yeah i don't <laughs> I don't tiktok <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sometimes
0: I'll look at them, but that's about as far as I go.
1: Yes, yeah, same here.
0: How do you feel that you use social media to affect others?
1: Um, well, I mean, certainly people read my, particularly um, my events page on my blog. And once a week, I post a weekly listing of events mostly at one time it was really all in-person things in and around London but since um, the pandemic there's been so much more online so a lot of what I list is um, online things and I constantly get people saying how they're really grateful that um, through my blog they became aware of talks or workshops that they've really enjoyed.
0: Can you refresh us on your blog so maybe people here
1: can visit those workshops? (laughs) Yeah, certainly. It's called a Bad Witches blog, and you can find it at www.badwitch.co.uk. Because as you were saying, and I was thinking, oh,
0: I would love that if somebody would do that here, but it's online, so I can.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. I mean, I, I you know, I, not all of them. Um, and I do, I, yeah, no, no, I mean, I. but I mean. We can
0: click through and figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, Um. yeah. There's there's a lot that are.
0: Do you feel like you owe anything to your the readers and your
1: followers? I I do try to m- provide good content. Yes, um, I mean um, sometimes when I'm not feeling very inspired and I write something that's it's like it feels like it's something that I've perhaps done before. It's a bit repetitive um i sort of think oh dear i hope they're not disappointed in that oh <laughs> what's been
0: the most surprising thing about the blog uh,
1: the fact that it's the fact that it's kept going for so long and ultimately if it wasn't for writing the blog i probably wouldn't have written the books that i wrote i mean as i said i started it really more as um something to spur me on to do more things um but um because of the blog i I mean i got to work for moon books because i was reviewing some books um i reviewed quite a lot of books on my blog um and there was a moon books it wasn't even moon books it was another john hunt publishing imprint and i reviewed one that had quite a few um typos in it and so I thought well I wonder if they need a proofreader because I have worked in in publishing for many years and um I do do freelance proofreading and I, I contacted them and I said do you need a proofreader And I said yes we do we do need a freelance <laughs> proofreader so I started doing um freelance proofreading and uh, copy editing for them and then I said well um you know could I put in a proposal for a book and they said, oh yes go ahead so that was how my candle magic book came came about and that sold very well. And then um, on the back of that, um Treadwell's bookshop in London asked me to run workshops there, um, which I was doing regularly. And um that book was a success. So I wrote my puppet book and um and, and my other book. So yeah, it's it, I do feel I love what I do, and but it, it kind of wasn't planned. it it it, it was more things fell into place after I started writing the blog. I like things. I like when things fall into place. Mm.
0: How would you say witchcraft has changed your life?
1: That's kind of difficult to answer because I think there's always been a kind of a, a sense of of things magical in my life as you know from my family background even i think i've always had an interest in those things um the fact that i now actually call myself a witch rather than just being someone who's perhaps interested in tarot reading or whatever um isn't a huge change so i just don't know who or what i will be if it wasn't for that, um, I, I'd probably be some form of writer because that's I've always loved writing, and you know, um, I mean, I worked in, for a local newspaper as a uh, feature writer and sub editor for many years. So I'll probably still be doing um, probably just still be doing that kind of thing.
0: It's interesting to me to hear how different the presence of witchcraft is in your life versus other people I've interviewed.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean I think Or at least the, how
0: they talk about it. Sorry to interrupt, but at least how they talk about it it seems different.
1: Mm. I mean I can remember I think that I do remember shortly after I started actually training in witchcraft, um noticing a difference in my kind of um powers of intuition as it were um sort of I did notice there was one particular occasion shortly after I started training in witchcraft when I suddenly had an inkling in my lunch hour and work that I needed to take a certain road and I and literally a road I don't I'm not talking metaphorically um And I bumped into someone who I hadn't seen since university, who was a really, really bad place. And we went to a cafe together and he just talked about all his problems. Um, And I was really pleased I could be there for him. Um, I was late back for work and got into trouble, but it it was worth it. And I remember thinking, I, I think that I've noticed also a lot of people when they are just starting out on a witchcraft path or, or start a, a, on a new level of training and noticing sort of uh, things that happen like that that perhaps they might not have noticed before.
0: I do love intuition stories. Mm. They're some of my favorites. I think that's just, that's at least something I have experienced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I can relate to those. (laughs) Now, as a Wiccan, obviously you celebrate holidays and Sabbaths. What's your favorite holiday?
1: Always the one that's just coming up. I always think, (laughs) oh, this is my favorite. But I think, no, this is my favorite. It's very hard to say. I, yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, like at the moment, I'm looking forward to Imulk, but it's like whenever that, Usually that happens and you think, oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to go out and meet. I mean, uh, recently I've been meeting with a Druid group locally. And um, so they, they, well, they celebrate outdoors and you think, oh my God, it's the start of spring. It's always so cold still. You're standing on a hilltop and it's absolutely bitter.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's move to the the witch community. Hmm. Is there anything you dislike about it? And we will come back up with like.
1: Well, I think I really um, talked a little bit about that before. It can be it can be bitchy. There can be so many disagreements. Um, You know, um, I think it's. You know, it can be I think it can be quite certainly on social media, it can be a very harsh Environment um you know, and someone will share a meme that is perhaps not historically accurate, and then people will lay into them and uh, I think the bitchiness is is the difficult part of it. It would be nice if people could be more supportive, especially of people who are quite new to the path and and there's a lot of information out there you might have read books or just picked up other information online that isn't as accurate and we've all made those mistakes I and mean, I I know that you know when I was just starting out you know I'm I think about some of the things that I thought were correct and I now know aren't um and I, I just think it would be nice if people could um be a little bit more um polite kind. I think <laughs> kind polite yes mm.
0: what do you like about the wish community
1: and um, the fact that it is so big these days. You know, it, it it's at one time it wasn't, you know, back in the nineteen eighties, it was so tiny compared with what it is now. And the fact that it's so much easier to meet up with other witches, even if you might not be able to meet up with them in person. Um, back in the day before the internet, you know, you, you had to like go to Occult bookshops and look at the mm-hmm. notices on their on their boards or or perhaps get a Copy of Pagan Door magazine and look at where meetings were, but nowadays it is so much easier to to meet up with other people.
0: What is something that you wish was discussed more in the witch community?
1: I, I mean, I think it is discussed a lot a lot more than it was, but I think inclusivity um, can could. Is, is still something that needs to be tackled a lot more. Um it is it is still, you know, an open ritual is quite likely to be planned for somewhere that people who are using wheelchairs can't get to, um, or um are not so suitable for perhaps elderly people who need the toilet all the time or whatever, you know. Um so I do think that making things more accessible and more inclusive um is something that certainly does need to be discussed a bit more
0: do you know i am embarrassed that i didn't think about that part with the bathroom because i i do think about cuz i i worked with the elderly <laughs> mm. and i forgot about that a- that
1: aspect oh. <laughs> it i know i i was a carer for my disabled mum for a few years until she died and so i became Far more aware of what wheelchairs can mm-hmm. do or what they can't, and what help people need in bathrooms and so
0: on. Yeah. And if it's a, like you're off in the woods, a porta potty is going to be very hard to manage. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, with like a walker. Oh my gosh. Mm. What is something? Do you have any words of advice for anybody just starting out?
1: I think read as much as you can, um, um, learn as much as you can, but also think for yourself and does it feel right to you? You know, if something doesn't feel right to you, then don't do it. Um, And don't cast a spell in haste. Think about it. Think, is this really what I want? I mean, in particular, I see... A lot, uh, certainly in the moment, a, a lot of people rushing to curse someone mm-hmm. because they've annoyed them, and there can be a place for curses, in my opinion, but they're not necessarily the first choice that you should do. Not because so they called you think, a bitch on Facebook. <laughs> precisely, precisely. You know, you're be, you be realistically, you might be doing far better off doing a spell to sweeten them up than to make them feel more angry.
0: What would you like to hear from somebody? more experienced than you
1: yourself, for you? what would I like? Uh, um, I always love going to talks and conferences and hearing talks by people who are far more experienced than myself. Um, In particular, I love learning more about the history of of witchcraft. Um, uh, I mean, for me, Professor Ronald Hutton is someone who I could, listen to all day Uh, I know that in America he's not so popular as he is in England he's a bit of a national treasure in England but um his his insights are um you know his knowledge of history and his ins and his knowledge of the pagan community I think um I I love every book that he's written and um yeah I can always listen to him he recently did um the English Heritage Podcast they did a, a podcast on um, post-Christmas customs and um, uh, Professor Ronald Hutton was interviewed for that. So, and that's something that people can catch up on. So, yeah, I would recommend if people haven't heard Professor Ronald Hutton talking, then go to the English Heritage podcast and listen to his um, him talking about post-Christmas customs.
0: What or who
1: would you say are the
0: three biggest influences on your practice?
1: Well, um, apart from my family, um, the first person I really trained with in witchcraft—that you know, that wasn't Wiccan training so much. Um, actually, wasn't a Wiccan. Um, it was a person called Sean of who ran House of the Goddess in London, and um, she ran courses in circle work and. Uh, she also wrote a book called Circle Work, so she was hugely influential um, to me. Then, um, I after that, I joined a a Wiccan training coven, and the the High Priestess there. Um, sadly, she's no longer with us. Um, she was someone called Maureen Brown. She's not very well known in. In the history of paganism, even in London, where she was based, but she should be because she ran the most brilliant training coffin um uh and m- m- much loved by everyone who who was in her coffin um so those those are two people um and the third person um I'm probably going to say Vivian crowley um who wrote um wicca um and a religion for the i've forgotten the exact title but it's it's wicca a religion for the new millennium or something like that um uh but a brilliant book then and still a brilliant book now and she's an absolutely amazing person um uh who i, I know moderately well I've, I've met her at quite a few different pagan events and uh um is a lovely person as well as um very very knowledgeable
0: and jumping from that who would you like to who do you think it would be interesting for me to have on the show to have this sort of conversation with um
1: well you can't get Maureen Brown on the show because she can do a seance. Um, I believe that Sean is I believe Sean's still around. Uh I don't know where she is. I think she moved to Wales. Um uh Vivian Crowley, if yeah, absolutely. If you could interview Vivian Crowley, that'd be brilliant. I've mentioned Morgan Daimler. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you haven't interviewed Morgan Daimler already, do interview her. She's um really, really knowledgeable about um uh Traditional Irish magic and um fairy craft as well, fairy um fairy traditions. Very, very knowledgeable. If I had someone um, who could geek out about
0: words with me, I would, my heart would burst.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to, yeah, 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 absolutely. Morgan Damon. That'd be amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh so I think, yeah, that's three people, isn't it? Is
0: there anything else you wanted to bring up that I didn't ask you?
1: Um, not really. Um, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I would love for you to talk about your book that's coming out. Yeah, my my scrying book. That's coming out in February, although there are actually already some copies on sale at Treadwell's bookshop because I made sure sh- um I the the people at Treadwell's bookshop have been absolutely wonderful. They are um an amazing bookshop in London. Um, And um, they've been absolutely lovely to me and hosted launch parties for for my books in the past. And I've taught workshops there. So I've made sure that 30 copies of my scrying book um, reached the shop earlier this week. Um, So that's like, yeah so that's a good month before it's officially published um so yeah you can go to Treble's bookshop and um they should have a copy hopefully that's all 30 have sold out already that would be absolutely lovely i'm not sure that they have um so yes my scrying book and it's called uh pagan portal scrying and it covers crystal balls um dark mirrors and other types of mirrors scrying in water in cauldrons and bowls and also scrying in nature so like cloud scrying and um, looking into the branch of the trees or listening to the sounds the trees make scrying in fire and at the end of the book i look into um tea leaf reading which is of course a form of scrying um and i cover a lot of different methods that you can use to um to get better at doing it, um, and um, also kind of, I always think that it's better to use an intuitive approach if you see symbols, but it can help to see how other people have interpreted them in the past. So at the back, there's a kind of list of some uh, some things that different symbols can mean. I really liked it.
0: Thank you. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to trying some of the methods that you mentioned in there. Uh, I have two more questions. Okay. That I know are not on the list. They're not scary. They're just for fun. Would you please recommend something to the listeners?
1: Uh, a book. Um, um, whatever you want. Anything? It could be
0: anything at all. Soup. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you like a particular song right now whatever you're obsessed with right now recommend it
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay right well um I I collect tarot decks I I have a huge collection of tarot decks and um one that I got I think actually about a year ago might even be a bit more than that um and it's um it's um the witches tarot and it's it's published by hay house and i wouldn't normally recommend hay house tarot decks because they can be a little bit wishy-washy but this witches tarot is absolutely amazing um it's a little bit different from something like the ride white um White smith tarot um it some of the interpretations are a bit different but for each card they kind of um they deliberately kind of um, journeyed and visualized meanings for each card, which, and some of them are just really resonate. Um, It's a beautiful deck as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say that if you're into tarot decks, then that is, that is definitely worthwhile having a look at. Did you say two things or just one thing to recommend? I have two questions. That's the first one. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: The second question is, please tell me a story that you love to tell. It doesn't have to be about anything which you related at all. It can be something silly that happened to you when you were a kid, like when you get together with family or friends. Remember back when that dumb thing happened and you all laugh. (laughs) Mm. That's my favorite Mm. kind of story. (laughs) Like if you're sitting around the table with tea and just chit-chatting that story. Oh, Or a beer. Maybe a beer.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I've gone completely blank. Um, uh, there is something that I realised a little while ago, and I was I was buying some. My, my I had a, my cat back then um, was not very well, and I was buying him very expensive cat food because he was really not very expensive and um, really not very expensive, no, really not very well. And um, anything to encourage him to eat was, was was I was getting. So I got some really expensive cat food, and I was leaving the supermarket, and the uh, security guard outside the supermarket looked in my trolley and said. My goodness, you've you've bought very expensive cat food for your cat. Huh? Um he goes, When I die, I want to come back as your cat. And, <laughs> and I was thinking, you might not want to you might not want actually want to be saying that to a woman.
0: It's interesting that the security guard knows what expensive cat food is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a really fun chat. (laughs) I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been a fun chat.
0: Everybody be sure to go check out her new book when it comes out. This episode should be releasing right about when the book does. And I will see you on the internet. Bye. Bye. I got another review! This is from Booklit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, who says, A balm to my soul. I love Kim and the energy of everyone she interviews. I love hearing all the different ways people see and practice the craft. I'm still figuring out my place in this magical world, and Kim is not only introducing me to new ideas and people, but also feels like a close friend. I highly recommend to all witches, but specifically new ones. Thank you, Kim, for everything you do. That's so sweet! Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at facebook.com slash your average witch podcast, at yourAverageWitch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to your average witch Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes.